Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Tonight is kind of a special edition episode. Uh, If you're wondering why it's uh, being released on a funky day, uh, as we announced on our most recent episode, Andrew Dwan, no longer with the Bastards of Boston Baseball. And tonight we will kind of introduce the newest member of the crew, and he will be slotted in uh, basically on the midweek show with myself and Jason Kelly. Uh, Jason happens to be the other regular host uh, with us tonight. So how are you, Jason? Doing well. Yeah, good to see you guys. Yeah. Earlier start uh, compared to normal. Normally it's about 10, 10, 15 when we're off and running. But uh, I guess without further ado, we are going to bring in our newest co-host. He comes from just outside of Reading, Pennsylvania. So on the on the East Coast with Jason and I, uh, you know, uh, Cody Central and Charlie is newly on the West Coast. So uh, it'll be an all East Coast midweek. But uh, Micah Storms is with us. So how are you, Micah? I am terrific. I'm excited to be a part of the team. Uh, looking forward to many conversations about the Sox. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. Ready to go. <laughs> it's It's been an interesting week for us. And uh, have you ever done any any content creating as far as like, you know, audio type stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been a, a guest on a couple of shows. Um but nothing that I've been regular a part of. So um, looking forward to kind of get in rhythm with uh, the same group of guys to to talk the socks because I always feel like with when you're when you're having conversations, there's like that awkward silence. Do I go? Do you go? So I feel like once we do it a couple of times, we'll kind of find the rhythm. Well, we don't pretend to be professionals here. It's all just very organic, off the cuff, and uh, I, I think the audience appreciates that. And I'd been uh, previously in some Twitter spaces with you, and uh, you know, some of them can get to be pretty large. And that's kind of how you got to be on on my radar. And just for the audience, a little behind the scenes stuff when when we're seeking out a new co host. And uh, this is only the second time since 2019 we've kind of been in this spot. We've really been able to retain the the uh, crew uh, for for quite a while. But I always have a short list of people I want to talk to before we would ever advertise the opening to basically begin this widespread search, which generally consists of 50 to 60 applicants. Jason took part in that uh, as well as Cody. And um, the funny thing about my shortlist, though, is everybody always tells me no. Like all the people I've identified along the way that I might want to talk to in case an opening happening happens, it, you know, they it just doesn't work out for some reason. It's not a good fit. Uh, the late nights are, you know, can be problematic for some people. And uh, so, Micah, you were the first one to say yes and uh, avoid that whole process, which I hate so much because I'm asking 60 people to like put their time into this and, you know, 59 of them are going to leave unhappy. And I just I don't like being the guy, you know, so um, so we're definitely glad you said yes. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. So um, you're from Reading, Pennsylvania. So what's that near? I know it's it's a fairly large city in Pennsylvania. 
It is. It's about um, with traffic, I would say about an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 20 minutes outside of Philadelphia. So I'm definitely um, surrounded by Philadelphia Phillies fans, Eagles fans, you name it. The, the Philly fans, they're, they're, you can't avoid them. You were just at the at the basically the the game on what Saturday I think it was right I was seeing I was at yesterday's game so I okay. I was right in the middle of probably like a hundred Phillies fans there was I could not find a, a Red Sox shirt near me so I was completely isolated but I wore it proudly did you get harassed at all uh, yeah, because I wore uh, I'd rather be a Fenway shirt, so I definitely <laughs> got um, I definitely got some people saying a couple of things like uh, why don't you just go there now or something like that. <laughs> like, um, but you know, I wore it with with pride, and uh, there were a couple Sox fans that that stopped me and said they really liked the shirt, so um, it was worth it. I, I liked it. I wore my uh, I think it was my Andrew Benintendi shirt into Miller Park, now named American Family Field, where the Brewers play. But it was a total cool atmosphere. Everybody was, you know, we're not rivals with uh, the Phillies at all. Uh, not, excuse me, the uh, Brewers. So it might have helped you, though, that you were at the one game that the Red Sox lost. <laughs> unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunate. But uh, anytime you get to see a professional baseball game, I just soak it up. So, um, But I would have much rather uh, have seen the previous two games when they, they played really good. So, um but it wasn't in the cards, but a series win is a series win. Yeah, offense got, got pretty quiet on Sunday. Go ahead, Jason, there, jump jump in if you want. Yeah, no, I, I, I give you credit for uh, wearing a, a shirt like that into enemy territory, especially a place like Philly. Like Philly, New York, those would make me a little nervous. The only time I've ever done it is, you know, down in Tampa. But, you know, who cares? There's only 16 people there. So <laughs> nothing's really going to happen. Um, but, hey, you know. At least you got to go to that ballpark. I, I heard it's pretty nice. So I've never been, but I've heard it's one of the better ones out there. I, do, I personally have never had a beef with the Phillies. I mean, they played the Yankees in 2009. So, of course, we're, we're rooting for them in that World Series. And Pedro uh, started game two. So, um, and I generally, they've been a pretty likable team. Uh, you, you can say what you want about, you know, the Eagles and perhaps the Sixers, but... Um, you know, I'm I'm typically the the Phillies don't bother me much. So, so did you kind of were you born into like a Red Sox family, Micah, or did you just kind of find your own way in? Uh, no. So the story of me becoming a Sox fan is kind of ironic because my my whole family it's it's Mets fans. My dad is from New York. Um, and he always kind of joked that I had to give up one of my sons to for the 1986 World Series because of the, them two facing each other. Um, I fell in love with Nomar Garcia Parra when I was young. I played baseball throughout um, high school and into college. So Nomar was my guy, and I just followed him, and he happened to play for the Boston Red Sox, and that was my team. So Nomar is the reason why I'm a Sox fan. Very good. And on your Twitter account, where can they find you on Twitter? On Twitter, I'm at Ballpark Buzz. And uh, your pinned tweet is of you decked out in a Red Sox uniform because it was like career day or something like that. And you wanted to, you wanted your career to resemble Nomar's career. That is correct. Yes, I'm a third grade teacher and I went all out this year and I said, you know what? 
I bet half of my students, all of my students don't know who Nomar Garcia Parra, Parra is, but they definitely know now because we had a, uh, I had a PowerPoint uh, presentation for them about Nomar and I, I went all out. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So none of them have like trolled you at all and be like, dude did steroids or, you know, anything like that, I assume. Not in third grade. <laughs> <laughs> Not in third grade, right. How epic would that be? Like, like, how would you prepare yourself for that? <laughs> like, you know, automatic in for recess or, you know, how's, I don't know how it works. It's been 30 years since I was in the third grade or probably more than that, actually. <laughs> 31, 32 years. Um, so, yeah. Um, all right. And um, you have a blog that you've worked or it's a sub stack or something like that. Yeah, Substack is correct. Yep. And I'm not familiar with those, but they're popping up everywhere. What is a Substack? It, it's just a platform where you can, um, it's like a newsletter and people can subscribe to it. And then um, every time I make a post, it can, uh, it goes right to their email and they get emailed, emailed the post or they can still access the site itself um, and go through like the catalog of posts that I've made. Um, you, you can turn it into, um, charging people for, um, your work, but I haven't done that. Um, I just kind of do it as a hobby and, um, I just like writing about the socks and not just socks. When I started the Substack, it was really just to write about baseball and to, to dive into the analytics of the game. I, I really do enjoy the statistics of baseball. Um, but, uh, I would say it's kind of morphed into, um, probably 80 to 85% Red Sox content now, just because that's what I know. And that's what I watch every night. So. Gotcha. Jason, any, uh, questions here? Yeah, I was going to ask, I mean, we heard about Nomar. So who's your, do you have a least favorite Red Sox player of all time? Please say David Price. Yeah, we we have a bunch uh, on our crew that uh, we bring up quite a few times. Uh, Least favorite? Um, I would have to probably say Carl Crawford. That guy, he really – the way he played in in Tampa Bay, it was like this guy is awesome. And then when they signed him, I'm like, this is what they're going to get. And I feel like they didn't get any of those – characteristics that he typically plays with so i I, carl crawford that was such a big contract and it just did not work out he was not meant to play in boston it's only a only a fair amount of players can actually do it and do it well and he just was not one of them i'll tell you why and we were just talking about him on a recent episode it might have been just one or two episodes ago that was probably the one contract i was the most excited about i was like oh my god this is gonna be awesome and you know, he made our lives hell, you know, in 08, 09. And um, I just thought, man, what a what a great signing. And you had Ellsbury out there. I mean, we were going to lead the league in stolen bases and everything. And it, we were just going to be this dynamic team. And like you said, it, as excited as I was, it, it is profoundly, you know, without getting into like a Sandoval type thing, um, you know, the most disappointing contract. But David Price, hands down, my least favorite Red Sox player of all time. Uh, is, is that yours the same, Jason, or no? Um, no, mine was Sandoval. Oh, Sandoval, I, yeah. Because I was a big Sandoval guy when he was with the Giants, and I loved his postseason heroics, and I thought, yeah, he's going to be valuable when he comes here, and it was just such a train wreck, um, both on and off the field. So, yeah, mine was Sandoval. 
in that first year, it felt like a double whammy because Hanley didn't work out. He literally got sent home in like August. They're like, dude, just go home. We'll figure it out next year. And uh, to Hanley's credit, he had a pretty decent couple of years after that playing first base. But um, yeah, that was bad. And with Sandoval, you're like, okay, well, if he gets too fat for first ba- uh, third base, he's going over to first. And, you know, they, they'd figure it out. And uh didn't happen. Didn't yeah, he happen. got too fat for both. <laughs> he did. He did. And <laughs> then he put him anywhere. Then he got too fat for his belt. And uh infamously. But yeah, so uh well, I mean, you already you're big on Twitter. You know, you, you've got a pretty massive account, very highly engaged. So uh has there been any have you gotten any flack at all? Because we are the bad guys of of the you know, the Boston media. Has uh, the last 48 hours been any different or no? Um, I had one account for whatever reason, and I was mind blown by this. They had pulled up a tweet from when Trevor Bauer, um, when all that was going on. That was my fault. I I had tweeted something like about comparing him and Marcel Ozuna. and, And like, I was like, I can't believe Bauer is getting this type of punishment punishment when Marcelo Zuna did not get much. And this person went back, it was well over a year ago, I feel like, and they found this tweet and they they like messaged me and they're like, you're going to fit perfectly with these guys. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I didn't think the tweet was that outrageous, um, but apparently that person, they had a problem with it and they connected that tweet to being a part of this team now. And I was like, whatever, but it hasn't been too bad. I've gotten a lot of congratulations, looking forward to hearing you, uh, you being a part of the podcast. So for the most part, it's been good, but I was just like mind blown by someone going back into my timeline for well over a year. I'm like, who does that? Who has time for that these days? Yeah, I've I've kind of been sympathetic, you know, to Bauer in a way. I mean, he he was never charged and everything, but I don't get on it too much because it is a, a very polarizing topic, and you know we don't want to alienate the audience too much. But with your take on Ozuna, he was seen on body cam uh, with his hands around his wife's neck, telling her he's literally going to kill her, and he hit four home runs last week for the Braves. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and he. Like his suspension, part of it was like retroactive because the Braves didn't want to play him because they didn't want this person until they found out his legal terms. They didn't want him representing the organization. But like part of the suspension was already served from the Braves basically just not playing him. Um, And I just, I don't know, that just to me, Bauer got crushed with a massive suspension. And then, I mean, the Ozuna one with the domestic violence, like, to me, that's just as serious. And I didn't feel like Major League Baseball really showed that with the way they suspended him. So Yeah, they weren't proportionate. And Bauer didn't do himself any favors in the years leading up to it because he was, like, public enemy number one already for Rob Manfred, criticizing him for everything, you know, all the new ideas, the pitch clock, the playoff formats, all of that. But... Um, so yeah, but, um, so what are your expectations for the Red Sox from here out? I feel like if you would have asked me that maybe 10 days ago, I would have probably been like, well, maybe 80, 
81 wins would be the ceiling. And now I'm kind of wondering, could 86, 87 be the ceiling? I mean, I, I think it's safe to say the division is long gone. I think Tampa is, they've banked so many wins in the, in the first six weeks of the season that I think the division is pretty much, um, I, I would be shocked if Boston could get back into the division race, but I mean, the wild card, I don't see why this team can't be a wild card. Um, team. I have serious questions still with the pitching staff, specifically the rotation. The bullpen's been really, really good. Um, but the rotation, you know, how does Chris Sale last and hold up over an entire season? I have, I don't think anybody really knows. I don't even think he knows because he hasn't done it in three plus years. Um, I, I would say that Bloom probably is going to have to make a move for a starter. And we have not seen that happen since he's taken over as you know the guy who's calling the shots in the front office so um i have my doubts there just because in order to get a, a pitcher who's going to be an impact pitcher you're going to have to part with prospects and we just we know how heim's been described as someone who kind of hoards the prospects um so i i think the team is extremely fun to watch i mean they are so competitive no no deficit seems too big um but i don't know if coming back on a nightly basis is something that they can continue to do over the course of the full season. Sustainability is the the word I throw out there all the time. And um, I, I had them at 74 wins. I, I think I'm obviously going to be off on that. I think they're certainly going to have a higher win total. Uh, Jason had them at, I think, 82, 83 wins. All five of us coming into the season had them just missing, you know, the playoffs. So, um, so you know, you're kind of in line with us. But any uh, any more questions, Jason? We clearly didn't coordinate anything before we came on. We just hit the record <laughs> button. I'm like, you good for tonight, Jason? He goes, yep. All right, let's get him on here. And yeah, let's just, just do it. Yeah, We didn't no. have any plans. Um. <laughs> I, I'm always curious about this one just because I think everyone has one of these, but it's like across the league, not just a Yankee, not, you know, and whatever, but like who's your least and most liked players that aren't Red Sox? Um, well, my favorite player was John Lester. That was my guy, um, but he had recently re- – he's just retired. So um, guys that I love watching, um, I mean – I watch the San Diego San Diego Padres every night after the Red Sox because I cannot get enough of Xander Bogarts. He was my favorite player last year and the previous year. So I love Bogarts. Um, I try to watch as many um, angel games as possible with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. I mean, I just don't think it's hard to really put into words how good both of those players really are. Um, so I just try to appreciate the talent. Um, least favorite player. I don't know. I don't know about least favorite player. I mean, I, so I come from, I play college baseball it was a, a small D three school, but I just come from like a player's perspective and I just appreciate the amount of hard work that all of the, all of the players put in and just the grind. So I, I don't even know if I really hate a player just because like, I know they're working so hard to, to, keep their job. I mean, I would say Ryan Brazier right now is my least favorite player in the big leagues. I can't stand coming him coming out of that bullpen. It just drives me nuts because he doesn't belong on, on the roster. So I'm going to go Ryan Brazier. That's going to be my answer. 
And uh, are you are you blocked by Marcus Stroman? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think so because I'm actually a big Marcus Stroman fan. I okay. I, I, okay. Love, I think I you're love, the one member of the podcast that isn't. Then at least for now, <laughs> I love his uh, his energy. Uh, I know it can rub people the wrong way, but he's a he's a real competitor, and I appreciate that about him. It was that one game where he just kept taunting the dugout after the third out you know, when he was still with the Blue Jays. And then he, that night he got into a spat with Eckersley, which isn't, you know, a unique thing, but um, I just didn't like that. And I, I made a tweet about it. And then the next day I was blocked. <laughs> so Jason sounds like he is too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my least favorite's Garrett Cole. I just don't like the, he's just a bit of a diva and just complains a lot. And, um, I don't know. And right after game seven, um, when the Astros lost to the Nationals in the World Series, you know, he was on the losing team and in the uh, clubhouse. And right away, he put on a Boris uh, Corporation hat. And I just, I don't know. So when I see the Kermit dolls in the crowd, I I giggle a little bit. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, uh, we won't keep you. We just kind of wanted to, you know, introduce you to the audience and uh, give them an idea of uh, who they can expect to be teaming with us. And um, you picked a, an interesting season to come aboard because we have no idea what it's going to bring. I mean, we're just playing over our heads right now and um, just kind of taking it, you know, one series at a time. And uh, it's been interesting. So. Um, so we appreciate that. And, uh, sounds like you'll be with us. Uh, let's see, was it tomorrow night? No, no, excuse me. Wednesday night. Yeah. So you get a two game set against the Braves. That's going to be a pretty interesting series. A split would be nice. It would be. They've got a TBA starter. Uh, apparently Max Freed is, uh, he's got a mysterious injury. Nobody knows what it is, but they're, uh, concerned he won't make the start. So, um schuster one possible replacement he's been lit up a couple of times and i who is dodd i'm I'm, admittedly i'm not familiar with who he is on their depth chart but um he could be the other guy could be a high scoring game i guess is what it it might boil down to be yeah dodd is like a prospect of theirs that just kind of uh flashed late in april so okay i don't i don't know where he ranks in their system but yeah he's, he's a young kid i don't you know i don't know if he's like the next big thing or if he's just kind of a middle prospect but it's been pretty good so far okay and bayo just needs to you know that second and third time through that you know we've seen guys like hauk uh struggle with that and and uh he's he's dealing with that right now he's got that fastball and the nasty change up but but uh if he can just attack the atlanta you know line up a little bit more effectively you know after the first time Maybe it'll be a yeah. lower scoring game. <laughs> that that is a problem that not only Bayo, Hauk, and all those guys are going through, but you just see it across the league because the way teams manage pitchers these days, they don't give them the opportunity. And if they don't have the the opportunity to figure out how to get guys out for a second, third time, they're not going to be able to do it. It's been a huge problem. I mean. Every pitcher, not Bayo presently, but every pitcher they want to put in the bullpen, that's what the fans are clamoring for. You know, it's happened with Hauk, Whitlock, 
Um, it did happen to Winkowski. Um, so eventually we have to develop a starting pitcher, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, that's important. The bullpen cannot throw 700 innings this year. That's that's They're going to burn out by August. Yeah, we've been lucky with that Bernardino kid. I think he just finally gave up his first run. Uh, and that Lytel kid, I don't, I'm not familiar with him. I know he pitched with the Giants, did have a decent season uh, in 2021, but just got mangled uh, against the Phillies. So, gave yeah, up the only three or the four only thing hits. I know about Little is, um, I think I've mentioned it on the another episode. He was the guy uh, a couple of years ago was mouthing off to Gabe Kapler when Kapler took him out of the game. Oh. And sort of Kapler brought him down to the clubhouse, you know, away from cameras and probably gave him a scolding. And I don't know if he got cut or traded after that. I don't know what his, the rest of his year looked like. I think that was two years ago. But that was yeah, his better season then. And then he was trash last year and yeah. I think non-tendered or something in the offseason. But yeah, all right. So for the listening audience, we will be back. This is a Wednesday morning release. So we'll actually be back with you guys tomorrow morning with what did happen in the Atlanta series. So uh, we will be back with you then. Take care.